Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. Recording in progress. There it is. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. Joel and Steve. My name is Joel. And I'm Steve. And this is a podcast. It is a podcast. You know why? Because why? we're recording it and we're going to put it on the internet. <laughs> That's <laughs> really, hey, here's a, here's a little peek behind the curtain, y'all. <laughs> if you've got the, if you, you're crazy enough to record yourself and put it on the internet, right. you have a, you have a podcast. Delusional enough. <laughs> there are, we are men that have podcasts we are two white men who have a podcast <laughs> that We're is very, very sorry <laughs> i i'm not sorry at all i kind of sometimes feel like you know i grew up <laughs> watching david letterman right just sort of his beautiful way of self-deprecating his own work right it's just burned into my life, man. I understand. That's... You know, so he's just, he was always dogging on himself and his network and his show and his com- comedy. And it's just like that set the tone. Sorry, everybody. That's right. who I am. Well, uh, he's my guy still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can recall very distinctly and my mom, I know she's listening. My mom also has a suggestion for us and I'll get to that. Okay. But oh, uh, good. we'll have something to talk about. <laughs> we're super prepared. Come on. She, I remember watching Letterman in high school and she'd be like, you're going to be the next David Letterman. I'm like, I don't know how that happens, mom. And then I found out that you really kind of have to do stand up. And I was like, that ain't for me. Sure. You know? Yeah. Or be a weatherman. Yeah. He was the weatherman. He was the weatherman in, in Indianapolis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my parents always reminded me of that because we lived there. I was born there. So it's like. I didn't know that about you. Wait, what? I didn't know you were born in Indianapolis. I thought you were from Ord. I was born in Indianapolis, Indiana, July 15th, 1980. So when did you move to Nebraska? So I guess my folks... This is new information. I'm surprised you didn't know that. My folks... And there's a running joke in my household. Whenever I mention that I was born in Indianapolis or I have to put it on a form or something, Kirsten always like, he's lying. He wasn't born there. And it's really funny. And it's gone on for like 15 years now. Maybe that's why I think that... So I think my dad got a job in Columbus when I was like two or three. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't remember anything about Indianapolis. Okay. I've never been there since. That yeah, I've never been there. So since. that's like I was born in Iowa City and we moved here when I was four. Yeah, same deal. I don't remember anything about it. I actually remember a little bit about Iowa City, but not much. Yeah, I don't I don't remember any because I I have I have I have distinct memories of my third birthday in Columbus, hmm. but I. Yeah, I don't think so. We must have moved back before I was three. I've gone, I've always put it as three, but sure, we'll get my mom to confirm that. Mom, when do we move back to Columbus, Nebraska? So then I lived in Columbus and moved to Ord, like you know, later on. Sure. So, what's your mom's suggestion? Well, she really thinks that you and I, she, she's a little behind the, the, the episodes. I can't wait for her to listen to last week's. Um, uh, but she's she's at the point where I was talking about the peanut butter balls. We were talking about peanut butter balls and the peanut butter ball ratio. <laughs> and she wants us to have a peanut butter ball off. You and I. A ball off? 
ball off balls out we'll call it balls out 2023 <laughs> there's the idea for our live show chocolate salty balls off <laughs> oh god okay i don't know how to do i'm not i don't do candy i mean i eat it i should like a try I uh, yeah well they're fairly simple to make i do have when all I... The stuff like i had the little dipper thing and the, the double boiler and all i got the yeah you know what my balls are gonna kick your balls ass my balls are going to kick your balls in the balls. <laughs> oh, God. Speaking of sh- chocolate sweaty balls, uh, Alec Baldwin, man. What a, What about him? Not Alec. You know, Alec Baldwin. He's getting he's getting charged with involuntary manslaughter. Oh, for the shooting thing? For the shooting on the set. Yeah, him and the prop guy. Dude, I have, what I a, have what all kinds of fucking opinions about that. Are you ready to open up Pandora's box? I on guess this? I wasn't planning on talking about it, but I mean, I can't like, there's just so, there's so much sadness around that entire situation. Okay. For one, it's horrible. Okay. Yes. I, I had to bring down two prop weapons for the show that's happening at my place of employment. Cause I am in charge of props and we have a small you know, props closet with, with weaponry in it. Right. Because shows sure. have weapons in them. Sure. And so I had to pull out about Thanksgiving. Sorry. <laughs> we had a, we had a, you know, they needed uh, like a revolver and a rifle and I double triple checked it three times to make sure there was like a red tip. On so it, right? nine times, nine times, nine times. You missed school nine <laughs> times. <laughs> I don't remember missing school nine times. He makes you look like an ass, Ed. Grace! <laughs> um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, everybody. They all yeah, so I have, I, have, I have a lot of opinions about the props thing. Here's the he, I watched a documentary piece about that. And oh. what I what what I have come to know in a professional setting is that it's twofold, right? So those of you that don't know, Alec Baldwin was involved in a shooting uh, in, on on set. He accidentally shot a co-star, correct? Correct. And that co-star died. And so, which is awful and horrible in its own right. The, the real fucked up part is that um, it's twofold, right? There should, I, from what I understand on that, sh- on that shoot, there was, uh, there were, uh, there was a layer of security that always should be the um, essentially the the arm the arms uh, prop master. Mm-hmm. I think they have a name. Oh, I can it's escaping me. So people set that up, and then that person is in charge of the whereabouts of all of the ammunition, whether it's you know because blanks are live, right? Like blanks actually shoot a projectile sometimes, and it can be injurious. So there's that person that's supposed to oversee that, and then they are supposed to train the actor to check the the prop um and i think there was a miscommunication and baldwin didn't didn't check it which is on him but they it was outfitted and they got a box of actual live ammunition and so lot that is the biggest conspiracy thing because there should not ever be ever Ever live in am- ammunition, and now there's like all this speculation. That's like that, Agatha Christie level shit right there. Totally, because that uh, 
what they they ordered it from and so there's all kinds of conspiracy that people planted it that people brought it on or that that uh some of the crew were uh having fun shooting actual live rounds or something like that like there's all i i I guess i shouldn't speak out of school i don't know that to be true but there there were there's like three security levels that and one of those were missed that would have normally caught that but it's not it wasn't a big huge studio film it was an independent film so they were kind of pieced together the teams were kind of pieced together the roles weren't clearly defined and that's what happens but there's no way that a live bullet should be within miles of that set right there's just no reason for that so that's the real fucking weird thing anyway don't get me started i don't normally get caught up in hollywood shenanigans but uh that one's noteworthy and that it's just so sad yeah it's like the brandon lee thing on the set of Mm -hmm. uh the crow crow. it's like Mm -hmm. like horrible horrible i mean even if at that level it was somehow an accident like it's just oh so you're saying that it's probably not an accident i don't know that it's i don't know that it was intentional but bullets don't move oven by themselves right boxes don't kill people people kill people and that's the thing it's like yeah it's so weird because yeah that a a box of live ammunition may may, i mean it could have been all the way back at where they bought it from and that the boxes got mixed up and somebody missed the label or something you'd think though i mean i'm just i'm not a theater person i've never been on a movie set i don't know how that works but i'm to me the phrase gross negligence yeah yep is what is coming to mind like how right. did like on every level on every person that touched that firearm and and a, the way baldwin tells it is that he because i he they did like a 60 minutes bit on him and he actually kind of got on camera probably way before emotionally he should have been because he was kind of a mess and i can't imagine what that would feel like but you know there he you know at the end of the day he was told it was it was fine like yeah. he he was handed the prop by well, I the, can, like i can from his like i i can totally see where he's handed the prop gun he's like sweet prop gun boom oh yep. shit yep and he's fired weapons on screen before okay and so like he knew he knew what to do mm-hmm. it's just you know, and I and I actually saw some A-list actors kind of throwing shade at him. Like, I never fire, uh, you know, I never fire a firearm without checking it. But when you're handed it by the armorist or ar- armory, oh, God, I forget the name of the, the job. But there's, it's not just the props master. There's somebody specially assigned to check mm-hmm. all the weapons. And it was handed to him saying it was safe. Right? right. So on that, if there's witnesses to that exchange and that conversation, to me, that's a not guilty. That's that's yeah, that's the thing. It's like that's really where the buck stops and always should. And to try, I, I mean, mean, ultimately, I'll, it's the person with the finger on the trigger to know what they're doing. There's but that, if, but if the, the person responsible for the for the for the prop hands it to the actor and says, this is good to go. Then so the if, actor if, says, cool. If there is a set where that there's none, it's totally into indie film and there's everybody's kind of doing whatever I could see where something could go wrong, but still there shouldn't be live rounds on set. Anyway, right. there were, there were people hired to 
be that person. And, and frankly, as an actor, it's, that is not my job. That should never be my job. Sure. Yes. If you have experience with weapons, you, and you know how to do it, you can check it. Sure. But, But it's also, you know, on set, especially in a union gig, if a union person is doing a job, you don't question their job. You trust. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like you get that prop and you are told that it's okay. That means it's okay. There's a level of trust there. And mm-hmm. I don't know about anyone, but I would rather the chain of command fall on an, a weapons expert than an actor. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, although apparently this, the person that handed, uh, Mr. Baldwin, that firearm was not a weapons expert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were just kind of a somebody on the come up and, you know, they got whatever they got told to do it or something. Yeah. There was some breakdown there. Yeah. That gives me, that gives me just like anxiety. Just thinking about that, you know, mm. like I get weirded out. My students think I'm crazy, but I'm like, I get weirded out with guns that I on campus that I know are they're totally dead. They're essentially pieces of wood with metal on them that look right. like, you know, they're, they're, there's no way. And I make them lock them up. I mean, it's 2023. Right. I, if th- that prop right. could walk I out mean, of our theater and, and, be, and uh, end up, end up at target. Well, that's the thing. Somebody could walk out of a, a room. Oh with, yeah, yeah. And be considered to be dangerous. Sure. I mean, I had to walk from that would never where, happen. I had to walk from a, where a I kid stored the toy gun would never get shot, bro. That that's the shit that'll keep me up at night about what mm-hmm. I do. Cause like, you know, we, we or a kid with a submarine sandwich <laughs> or, or somebody selling a cigarette on a, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. They're all dangerous. Right. But like I had to walk down a flight of stairs in the theater building with those props and I'm still consciously holding them in a non-threatening way. Right. You know, like I let the stage manager know where they are. She's very responsible to make sure they get put back. I mean, all of that stuff, but still somebody could. Yeah. It's yeah. Scary shit. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. Woo. yeah. Well, so that, yeah, I didn't really, uh, that was a bigger rock than I thought when I turned it over. Yeah, I just being being in, I guess what you can would consider to be the entertainment industry. I I feel for. I feel I I did a little digging on that story. I feel for Alec Baldwin in that space because he was essentially told everything was fine and it wasn't fine. sure. Anyway, yeah. So I sent you guys a podcast. Speaking of podcasts. The, the history of rock and roll and 500 songs. Yeah, no, I haven't started it. Well, it's fine, um, but it is amazing. And um, it's very thorough. The guy, the narrator, the creator of it, he's a British man, and his method of delivery is very dry. Yeah. But it's not boring, and he's occasionally really funny and definitely has opinions, uh, but most of those opinions are backed up by fact mm-hmm. um but he uh on the second i think in between the second and third like actual episode he does like a disclaimer which i think is very cool because he's getting ready to talk about um ike turner <laughs> oh. and uh he um does a, a a short episode just as a dec- disclaimer to say this podcast is about the history of rock and roll and so almost by definition, we have to talk about 
misogynists and women abusers and yeah. occasionally people that end up being total monsters. Yeah. He's like, I, I, he's like, you, you have to understand that I am in no way condoning that behavior. And depending on the individual person, we may or may not even talk about that behavior. Yeah. Because hmm. that's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to talk about the music, the songs and the, the instrumentation and, 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 and like a history. Yeah. And so he, he's just, he made, he say, he just does this 10 minute thing where he's like, please accept this as a disclaimer for the next 500 episodes. <laughs> just, well, because I'm, just because I'm talking about a person like, Oh, I don't know. Jimmy page. Right. Right. Or, you know, any number of incredibly influential artists. Yeah. Um, that, they're behind closed doors and sometimes not behind closed doors. Really, we're kind of terrible people. Yeah. Um, like that. He's like, you have to understand, I'm not condoning their behavior. Right. But I also have to acknowledge their contribution to this art form. So it's kind of like, it's really intense. Yeah, that is intense. I'm mm -hmm. glad he, I'm glad he stated that though, because like you, you, there's a certain, I mean, I probably, you know, the generation younger than mine, would not hear the words we're going to talk about the history of rock and roll and just sort of normally assume that right. you know that like we're going to talk about some people that have been accused or committed bad behavior but like in 2023 you have to say that and i'm glad he put it that way because yeah, it's very it, gr it's great um he, he does like there's a one of the early episodes is about um bob wills and the texas playboys oh yeah and uh, so in the disclaimer, which is maybe one or anyway, right in the, the early, I mean, this process has been going since 2018, I think. But anyway, he says in the disclaimer, he's like on the on the podcast on Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys, there was another undisputed king of Western swing that I do not mention in the podcast in the in the Bob Wills podcast because he really didn't impact rock and roll very much whereas Bob Wills did for reasons you can listen to the podcast if you want but he did he like then this man's name was Spade Cooley does that name ring a bell not at all I didn't know it either <laughs> uh, in the 40s Spade Cooley was he was the king of western swing and um in Los Angeles, California, like he had a TV show, he mm. had hit records, he uh -huh. was wealthy, you know, he, he was a genuine star, right? Like he had a TV show, the Spade mm -hmm. Cooley Variety Hour kind of thing. Right. Well, Spade Cooley was also an alcoholic, serial philanderer, woman beater type person, you know? Yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> this is, I, I so... Uh, so this man whose name is escaping me, the host of the 500, uh, his name is, I'm going to tell you because, oh, uh, Andrew Hickey, um, he said, if you want to hear, actually hear about Spade Cooley, there's another podcast called, you'll love this cocaine and rhinestones. <laughs> and it's all, it's about country music. Like, like cocaine, cocaine and cocaine, the drug and rhinestones. It's about country wow. music. There's three episodes. There's three podcasts on George Jones. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, uh, which and it, anyway, but so he does this guy, the other, the cocaine and rhinestones, he does one on Spade Cooley 
And so I'm like, well, I'll listen to that because I want to see, you know, and I, it was disgusting. It was just disgusting. Uh, what, oh, just the story of Spade Cooley? What, what he ended up doing to his second wife after he kind of retired. Um, he brutally, brutally murdered his second wife after abusing her for years oh my in God. front of his teenage daughter. Oh, my God. It's just, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. And, uh, and I mean, I'm not trying to be, uh, dramatic. It's horrible. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And abuse, um, abuse is horrible. And yes, abuse, the, the, just the, the, to make it very horrible, clear. this form of the abuse that she went through, uh, specifically on the night she died was insane. Ugh. And, um, in front of his daughter, by the way. And so who was 14 at the time? Um, so, um, here's, <laughs> oh my God. So we're taught, you know, you get into like the culture of like misogyny and woman beating and whatever in Hollywood and entertainment or whatever. Here's, this is a fun thing. Um, Spade Cooley, his, because he was famous, like his trial was not a slam dunk despite overwhelming and I mean overwhelming on every level evidence that he was a sadistic piece of shit. Right. Um, it took him a month. The trial lasted a month, and it wasn't a done deal that he was going to get convicted. Just because of his notoriety? Fame. Yes, because and because people, people couldn't imagine that, well, Spade Cooley couldn't do that. Mm. Right? And the mm -hmm. only thing that turned the tide was the testimony of his daughter. Wow. Right. She testified to the gruesome. And so anyway, um, so he did go to prison, um, but not like his sentence wasn't for very long, like a few years, you know, for murder. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and 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 so while he was in prison, um, well, also part of it is while he was famous pre murder, <laughs> he did benefits for benevolent police associations and that um. sort of thing. Right. So he, you know, had a lot of men in blue on his side, um, uh, which probably kept him out of the papers a lot more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For sure. And um, so because um, he was a gangster like that, apparently. Yeah. Um, so anyway, while he was in prison and the timeline's a little hazy, but he um, there was a movement among Hollywood to get him paroled to get him out of prison got to get that tv show back on or whatever <laughs> and uh and <laughs> spade cooley had gotten kind of a work furlough to go perform benefits for the police for a police association uh -huh. and while get this while i kind of already think i know where this is headed well but you're, keep no talking. you don't oh while shit. He's out, it's like a three day deal, and towards the end of it, um, the governor of California at the time, who was an ex actor by the name of Ronald Reagan, I've heard of him, uh, pardoned Cooley. Wow! But here's Cooley never got to find that out because before, because this is before the internet, and you know, uh, before the word got to him. Um, he died of a heart attack after one of these shows while he was furloughed while he was furloughed performing a benefit for a police association from prison for murdering his wife in an unbelievably gruesome, horrible fashion. 
And well, I uh, really want to know the conversation at the governor's office about right why we the would governor pardon. of California, an ex actor by the name of Ronald Reagan, pardoned a sadistic, murderous fuck because he was famous, and his actor friends wanted him furloughed. Or pardoned, and, and the police probably didn't. Yeah, didn't so, mind either. I mean, that that I mean, there's just so many. <laughs> Just, God. Right. So once again, I'll just say it for the world. Fuck Ronald Reagan. Fuck Ronald Reagan. <laughs> God. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Although I'd kill to have him back now. Well, that's that's a whole other deal there about just the genuine right. so anyway, shift to the that's right. Been, anyway. That's what I've been listening to this week. That's fascinating. Kind of, yeah. It's a really, and so, wait, wait. So you've been listening. Story. That's horrible, the, but so it's the, great. The, the the history of rock and roll podcast that's not it's the a, one that went that that's not the one that went on the deep dive about Spade. no that was and the guy it was uh the cocaine and rhinestones cocaine and, and, rhinestone. he, and the guy at multiple points during the podcast he's like look this is going to get gruesome it's going to get dark if this is going to be you know a trigger or traumatic for you on any level yeah. stop now right fast forward to you know 56 minutes or whatever and just skip but for for the sake of completionism, you guys need to know what this guy did. I I I I came to scoff at trigger warnings, and I have remained to to appreciate them to to an extent. Sure, you know. Well, I can. I mean, the, I mean, the guy basically reads. He re- kind of reads through the whatever the court transcripts or whatever is where a lot of the uh, details come from. Yeah. Then there's also a recording of the conversation Spade Cooley has at the police station with an officer. They recorded it. And it is. He, he played just like a minute of it. Yeah. The level of cold detachment yeah. is it's bone chilling. Oh, God. Because he, he said, well, she fell out of the shower, basically. Wow. Oh, and she, she also was proving how much she loved him by burning uh, her nipples with a cigarette. and then she fell out of the shower and he says it just very blase matter of factly of course he was also drunk and on thorazine so he was probably you know but it makes a it makes a ton of sense for the reagan governor's office to pardon him though you know what i mean like well we're just establishing a precedent of of the the party platform being cruelty yeah yeah and how how dare people accuse this star beloved of, star uh, it, it's still i mean it, that that added i mean our our like you know celebrity worship is still well never mind egregious. celebrity worship how about just the subjugation and of women and the acceptance yes. of violence towards women Yes. And how about like for how does that translate today? Well, let's start with I believe it's the state of Texas that's considering legislation to require all high, female high school athletes to provide detailed information on their menstrual cycles. Yeah, I, I Kirsten read me that and I she read a little bit of the article and I almost vomited because right. I think if, that that's if we're going to go there we're going to go there. I I think that oh. there's two fucked up reasons for that one just two well there's many there's many but the ones that i see glaringly true is the bullshit rhetoric about somehow they're worried that 
about about high school sports and which gender is playing which sport. Uh, somehow that's such a big deal. That's everybody's worried about that, right? Nobody's I'm sure that's what that. it's couched in. I'm right. sure that's what it's couched in. The other thing too is it really is the Handmaid's Tale bullshit of of really trying to monitor whether or not people are right pregnant or not right and, and also they- i would throw i agree with those two statements and that i would also throw on top of it just trying it's the part of a the idea is just to make women uneducated i mean yeah 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 mm-hmm. it, it's 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 the on the onslaught of hatred towards women and yes. their ability to have autonomy in their lives let alone yes. autonomy of their own bodies yes and their own health yes and a complete disgusting uh transphobic um, yes bigotry that is disgustingly Bull. present and yeah and it's ridiculous and there's it, another and it, i don't remember the state right now but there's a state considering legislation is it it might be florida where probably florida right but <laughs> if you're like honest a, it'll be essentially a felony to perform a drag show with kids present oh, or something. Oh yeah. No, and, that's and, Florida. And, and it's defined as uh people singing while wearing makeup. No, 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 no. Okay, so I don't know if they got that passed in Florida, but that was an actual uh proposal in the unicameral here in Nebraska. Oh, that's also yeah, you're right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is like really interesting as it comes to me as a theater artist. I'm like, wait a wait a wait a minute. There, well, you're gonna see all of you and your subversive art. We're just gonna <laughs> shut that shit down. Yeah, and I think that while they, I mean, I read through it, and while they were trying to define what "quote unquote" drag is, they basically dismantled. I thought of several shows that I've been a part of at the college level and and elsewhere. Right, and it's like, w- wait, what? Like you you're going to make it illegal for anyone. So now we're going to, I would love to get in the, into the crosshairs of them casting characters and who can play what. And I'd love to get into an academic conversation about Shakespeare and the roles that he wrote. And it's like, you don't want to go there. You're just dumbly trying to outlaw something you don't understand. And I can't think, have you, this is America. But this it is America. And here's the deal, man. <laughs> there is nothing more American and there's nothing more symbolic of the freedom that they, you know, tattoo on their chest. There's nothing right, more right, right. of a good example of freedom, personal freedom uh-huh. than somebody then, expressing themselves with how they dress. Yep. There's there's not. And that's the thing that I think is. Yeah, but you, we don't it, want them expressing themselves. Right. We want. We want white Christian freedom. White Christian freedom. That's right. Yeah, the freedom. Wait, the what? But see, the <laughs> hey, look, white Christians are actually the oppressed people in this country. <laughs> oh, I love that too. Yeah, but it. it the, I like Alok, Vade uh, Menon, who we've talked about before. Yeah. Trans rights are everybody's rights. Trans rights are are a complete picture of the personal freedoms that this country yes. is founded on. Yeah, but let's see, that's getting that's taking that whole personal freedom thing just a little too far, don't you think? Yeah. It, it, when <laughs> when you're when you're such a bigot that everybody's freedom is a personal attack on you, 
that's not what we mean by personal freedom, asshole. <laughs> asshole, right? Yeah, you know, when you're such a bigot, yeah, that everybody's freedom of expression is a personal attack on you. How, who's the snowflake in that equation? The people that risk their lives Thank just you. to express who they are? Yes. Are, are they the snowflakes? Or is it the people that are so offended and scared of the of the gay person? They're, they're the people that are being unapologetically them in public and, 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 and fighting That's to the bravest exist. Thing. That's the, the bravest thing ever. 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 It's the bravest thing ever. And I and we can I can say that from my privileged point of view. I don't know what it takes to have that level of bravery. Agree. But I am constantly in awe when I see it. Right. I encourage uh, yeah. all of our listeners go to a fucking drag show. Sure. It is the most safe and fun and 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 just creatively Open. free environment you're ever gonna be a, be right. a part of. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Full stop. And that's why it's like it, I, I, and that's you know. why that's why people burn down clubs, or worse, or worse, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like um, because actual freedom terrifies them. Correct. Actual freedom terrifies them, and terrifies. bravery. They want to be protected more than it. They want the right. they want the government in place that will protect their weird niche. View. They are they are the special special interest they're complaining right. about. Right. You know. You know that's the, the and I've said this in various forms for a long time. The land of the free and the home of the brave. It's a nice marketing slogan. Yeah, it's great to put on a cup. It's a great thing to put on a cup and to stand up and sing. You know it the sports ball things and <laughs> but in reality we incarcerate a higher percentage of our population than any other nation on earth and a and a astounding scary part of the that population is not white well and there's a very specific fair. reason for that racism racism <laughs> and then yeah. and so then it's like oh i think that there are, it's like oh well, so that it goes, is racist it, it would be very easy for somebody that takes that offended by that statement to say well they're breaking the laws so let's get into let's get into systemic oppression let's get into poverty let's get right. into redlining the, school, the redlining let's get into the school systems let's get yeah. into the 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 quality of education is based on the the property tax of the let's, of the area that the school generational is built. dysfunction as a yeah. result of generational trauma let's yeah, get into whole, that yeah nobody's got time for that so so the easy answer for folks is to just say well they we shouldn't it. Yeah, well, no, no we just just uh, we should just make it illegal to teach the truth, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's just like in North Carolina, they made it illegal to use the phrase "global warming," or in Florida when uh, what's his bucket outlawed um, AP uh, uh, African American history classes yeah, in right. high schools. Y yeah, that's so fucked. You know, I saw really I saw a show at this theater festival I was at last week. I saw this play put on by. The University of Minnesota Mankato, I believe, called Wounded Healers. And it was four black actors essentially giving a clear and passionate and tear-filled, sweat-filled history of 
black bodies in this country. And it oh. was some of, if I, I, I told one of the actors afterwards, I saw them in the hallway on a later day and I went up to him and I said, thank you for that. I could see you as a performer putting every ounce of your being into that. And if I had deep pockets, I I'd look this man right in the eye. I said, if I had deep pockets, I would pay for that show to tour in every fucking state that's trying to outlaw critical race theory or, you know, that, that boogeyman term, just right. general American history. I would pay for that to be, because where else is this information going to exist, but in the arts. So right. fuck them. Well, that, and that goes back to previous thing of outlying the arts. There we go. That's that we was just, my point then. We can just yeah yeah we'll just uh, oh they're okay they're not teaching critical race theory, but they have those people telling their story. Did they have yeah. any makeup on just out of curiosity? Did they sing? Oh God! You know what I'm saying? Yes, I yeah I can totally get. Can you imagine some Lauren Bobert on a panel? <laughs> that kangaroo court bullshit. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they, yeah, it's, yeah. What do they, what do they, they want, they want the Grand Ole Opry, they want Mom Pot Kettle, they want Punch and Judy for sure. They want to bring back Minstrelsy for sure. You know, like what, what do you, but here's, here's <laughs> today's, I saw today in uh, DeSantis's uh, whatever pledge for freedom bullshit platform in Florida. One of the one of the planks of it is, um, <laughs> oh god, they're, they're coming for your gas stoves, so there won't be any sales tax on gas stoves. You have to pay tax on an electric stove, but because they're not taking your gas stove, that's <laughs> that's literally a thing. Be because the <laughs> Biden administration said something about phasing out gas. Uh, yeah, something. Yeah, gas stoves in twenty I don't years. I don't even think it, that actually came to that. It was just a. It was just a a talking like a, point. Yeah, well, it was like a hey, there's something we should probably look at with gas stoves. They're coming for our gas stoves, <laughs> damn it! Yeah, chain yourself to the gas stoves, please. How how <laughs> attached to this life do you have to be, man? Like Very, that. because it goes back to you have to keep doubling down. You have How to keep miserable. doubling down. That's such a miserable existence. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I will fully admit, as a hey, white person... If, if you're into... If you think cruelty is hilarious, it's a great time to be alive. But, like, I, I'm just thinking about just, like, that that narrowing of the iris of your mind to such a... Dude. such a laser sharp point that you have to the 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 amount of stuff that you have to the amount of ego that you have to cling to to get mm -hmm. bent out of shape about gas stoves or they're gonna you oh, know they're gonna take or, away my christmas or or to park or to park your ford gigantor in front of the electric vehicle charging stations <laughs> yeah yeah that's a thing that's a that's a thing. Oh, bl oh, they're they're blocking the the blocking the charging e stations, mm -hmm. e vehicles. Yeah. The word you're looking for here is petty. Yeah, stupidity, ignorance, but yeah, yeah petty, petty, tiny petty. little man children with giant ass pickup trucks. 
<laughs> I'm fuck them liberals. I'm gonna go park my truck in front of the charging thing. I'll show them. But on the in the same chat rooms, they're talking about the the beauty of the free free markets and capitalism yeah. is great and and all that. Sure. It's like you can't. Yes, but you to can. get that just it's exhausting to try to figure out like that's wh- yeah. Why would you do that? You got to work really hard to be that dumb. Well, no, you just have to have a media apparatus that props all props up that construct. <sighs> build a wall. We're going to build a wall. I love that on his was it the governor of Arizona on his way out built the the wall of shipping containers on the border. Did I you see that? No, I did not. Oh yeah, it was like one of his last acts of governor. Uh, there was an incoming Democratic governor started like put hundreds of shipping containers stacked too high along the border. Nice. Yeah, as a final fuck you to, I guess the libs. I don't know because you know people don't have ladders. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, and that, that took people. That took like pe- they paid people oh, to yeah, do a lot that of money, and then they had to take them down. Which also cost them money. Yeah, taxpayers' money, actually. Huh? Yeah. Talk about theater, right? Oh, big time! And that was well. It's just like whatever Abbott and DeSantis spending millions of dollars to send uh, migrants to New York. Oh yeah, on false pretenses with no clothes in the middle of winter. Because that's humane. I mean, that's what Jesus with would as do. much compassion as you would, you know, joke send a pizza to somebody you didn't like yeah mm-hmm. Take, well, that's what that's what jesus told them to do like that's 100 percent correct jesus did say to lie to the migrants he and said not he said them he said take take the least of these <laughs> right take the least in the of dead these. of winter i think it was uh-huh. i'm i'm paraphrasing here it's been a sure, while no, since i've read you... scripture take the least of you and <laughs> and corral them and then ship them to somebody else to prove a point while also <laughs> not feeding clothing or, you know, it, it generally just traumatize the poor Yes, for your own political statement. I think that's yeah, what that's, that's, that's Leviticus. Ah, that's, that's old Testament. I think it was in Matthew. Actually. I think it was, was it part Matthew? of the, yeah, it's part of the sermon on the Mount actually. <laughs> and he was say he got up on some fucking mountain and said, Hey, <laughs> traumatize the poor. <laughs> All of you people that are the poorest, <laughs> I want you to scare the shit out of them. Right. To well, make a God point. Does. It scares people, so see it makes sense. Yeah. Scares them, scares them into not scares them into not being migrants. That's That'll what it does. Work. Yep. Because they're choosing that. They're choosing to be migrants, to leave everything they know and love in the hopes of just being having basic safety. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it's it's totally in line with, you know. <laughs> what they heard on Sunday morning before the Monday, Monday morning decision to do that. It right. Well, yeah, a little sense to me. It makes sense to me too. If again, if being cruel is the party platform, cruelty for the amusement of the pace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good guy. You know what I watched? Uh, kind of on a whim fairly recently do you remember the uh old arnold schwarzenegger movie the running man i do yeah 
it's, I don't, a, it's a it's a Stephen King story, a Richard Bachman story. Yeah, that turned into a movie, and I think I texted you guys about it. I mean, the movie's not great, but the but the story is kind of spot on. And uh, anyway, Hello, it's on Amazon Prime. I think is where I watched it for free. I, I, I it's worth watching, just as partly '80s kitsch or early '90s, whenever it was. But uh, yeah, it's just you know dystopian hellscape. And they the, the I I and, don't think well, I saw the, it. Well, they have the to run really, until. It's a. It's just. It's a. It's all it is. Is just a cruelty fest. It's a cruelty game show where they take prisoners and throw them in this arena of hell that they're never going to live their way out of, and where people just chase. Where the you know there's people with like chainsaws and guns and electricity chasing these poor you know prisoners. Who run. sounds really familiar. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And that's what it's like. Oh shit. That's well. We're doing that today. Yeah. It's great, actually, and then well, and then just at the the delight and the glee of the general public watching, you know, yeah, this hopeless competition. The hopeless, and of course, you know, Arnold being Arnold, he wins. You know, he breaks them all free. He sets he breaks them free. Them. He he frees everybody, like Moses. The mental enslavement and everything. Actually, they don't get into that. The movie ends, but you know, he gets the girl at the end. So there you have it. So he, so Stephen King stole. Or uh, whoever wrote the uh, Hunger Games stole it from him. In, in uh, it's a similar past. concept. I've never read that um, or watched the movies, but it's a, I understand it's a similar concept. Only in the Hunger Games, it's kids. Yeah, that's the best part. Right, sure. Hold on a second. I got a dog that wants to say hi. God damn, this dog. I tell you what, it always gets in the way. It waits. No, what, what the issue is, is that it's time for her walkies. Oh yeah, it's a, so that's not quite eight thirty, but this is usually about when we go. So she's like, "Dude, why the fuck are you taking me? <laughs> why are you? Why are you talking into that screen? Right. You're, dude. I wonder what that's like. I mean, it's probably similar to some of you that are listening to us right now. But just to just <laughs> blah 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 right. blah. Right, right, right. We're fixing Most it though. Listening to us. I'm going to close this laptop and feel like I did something. So that's all that Good. matters. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, I had something else too. Oh yeah. Watch the running man. It's good. It's not uh, good, yeah. but it, it's, it's good. Or maybe find the Richard Bachman story. Yeah. Read the have book. Have you watched the squid game? Are you, have you done the squid game? I have not done squid game. Man. I can't, I don't, it, I, I don't, I can't watch the violence. I, yeah. It's one of those that I'm going to have to watch by myself. Cause Kirsten, right. we, we watched a, preview and she's like nope nope hard out yeah i'm the same way i don't even like stranger things just because of that i don't like the gore dude I, we started what speaking of gore we started watching um somebody was like kept tapping kirsten up to watch this show called yellowstone on peak yeah i've heard of it so somebody's in it who's in it kevin costner's in it yeah that's pretty much the biggest name in it i think i've, I've seen other actors but mm-hmm. Kevin Costner is kind of the, you know, it's kind of like it, it. it's the Sopranos, but on a ranch in Montana. Okay. Right. But here's mm-hmm. the deal. It's way more bloody than the Sopranos. And at least Tony oh. Soprano went to fucking therapy, although it didn't really right. take. He was trying like Kevin Costner's character. I, maybe he goes to therapy. I don't know. But oh, my God. It's like a it's like. You know, he's in bed with the sheriff's office who's, you know, he's also in charge of the Cattlemen's Association. He's got a lot of money and he's doing backdoor stuff. 
And it's like, and Kirsten and I are watching it, and we watched like three, three or four episodes, and we're like, this is a soap opera. Do you want to quit? We're both like, no, that we're going to keep watching this. Like, it's <laughs> it's beautiful trash, but it is right. glorious fuck. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't, I just... I don't know. The only thing, the only thing that's redeeming about that, back to me as sort of a theater artist, is just the the makeup and blood and props that they use to yeah. show this gore is fucking amazing. Because you know yeah. it's not that's real, but it's right. It really they they had a this is gross, but they showed a dead bear, and it's obviously not an actual dead bear because they they made. But this prop is the size of a grizzly that's kind of been eaten by wolves, and it's amazing. I'm like, I can't. I can barely make something out of styrofoam that looks halfway real. These people are making actual like animal corpses that look real. It's fucking cool. Speaking of dead bears, have you, did you watch the cocaine bear movie? Have no, you seen that? I haven't watched it. No, I've it. seen it. No, I want to. Do you know? I don't really even know. I just know that it's called cocaine bear and that somehow like a bear got into a bunch of seized cocaine or something. Uh, it was a, it was a cocaine drop. Oh, like from an aircraft and the bear got to it before the intended recipients. And so then basically the bear goes totally insane. Hey, so this is a so this is a Fozzie Bear origin story where he kind of takes on Fozzie Bear origin story where his his actions disgrace him so much that he has to go into comedy (laughs) or he he eats so much cocaine that he starts telling jokes like he puts on a little tie he just puts on a collar and a tie and a hat that's what it is that's all from cocaine that's what pounds of cocaine will do to you that's what or a bear not to you or i but to a bear right turn him into a (laughs) stand-up that's how that's what the movie is actually lots of jokes i think so i think snl should make a parody uh trailer cocaine bear but with fozzy can we make that happen? Just just use John Belushi clips. <laughs> <laughs> the original cocaine bear. Pretty much. <laughs> Chris Farley, cocaine right. bear too. Uh, I watched a documentary on Chris Farley's situation. It was kind of Dude. a whatever TMZ thing. It was yeah. a little scandalous, but sad for sure. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Insecure guy and a lot of fame and a lot of money. It's a bad combination. The real bad combo. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was he was one of the greats. So was Belushi. Yeah, I agree. <sighs> well, well, so, well uh, what have you been doing to try and be better lately, Joel? Now that oh, fuck, dude. I got to sit half the country and straight up. I have to sit in this chair tomorrow morning and talk to my therapist and tell him that a month has gone by and I've not told him what I said I was going to do. I'm not looking forward to it. Oh, well, at least it's just your therapist, not your boss. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. But I, I, uh, yeah, I told my therapist that I really, and I may have said it on the podcast, like part of the new year's idea was to deepen my practice. So mm. I get, I get into this bad habit of like, drinking a cup of coffee and then, and then trying to do all my things. And it's like, not bad. I, I run, I, I get, yeah, I run out of time and I, and I shortchange myself. Like that's where right. I'm at. And the it's cup like, of coffee I want... turns into, well, I got to look at my phone. Right. And yeah. that's, that's, and he said, why don't you try this, Joel? Why don't you try <laughs> doing your yoga practice and then sitting for 20 minutes, up your time to 20 to 25 minutes, and then have your cup of coffee? And I was like, you know what? You're right, Drew. That's a I great could, idea in I theory. Could totally, you're right. I will do that. And I can't wait to report. 
report to you how well and glowing and levitating I am in a month. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. I haven't done it. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. I think I did one day, you know, huh. like when I was on still on winter break. Mm -hmm. Well, my 21 days of reading the intention that Michelle Mainquist gave me. Yeah. How'd that go on? Uh, bad. <laughs> I, I'm on day one. Because nice. you have to do it 21 days in a row or you have to start over. Oh, so wow. I've been, I think I've made it to like day four. And then I forget. How long is the intention you have to read? Oh, it takes a couple minutes maybe. And it's great. Um, do you do it? I mean, this is getting real personal. Do you do a, a morning constitution on the throne? Of course. Well, so you could put it on, put it near that and read it on the throne. You know, Joel, I'm going to do that, and I'll report back to you in a I week. I will get back to you yeah. on how well I'm doing that. How well I'm doing with that, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm usually I haven't, I, when the constitutional is happening. Yeah. So well, I like this. Before the shower. This morning. Well, that's good. This morning. <laughs> I Hygiene. This morning, I was like, I set the coffee pot to go off. Last night, I set my alarm to give myself extra time, and still, I ended up, you know, totally, you know, wasting 45 minutes. So, here's, um, like, I'm not, my mornings have been, I don't know, like, with kids' schedules and sleep and work, I just haven't, like, I, I need to sleep in for a few minutes in the morning. Um, so, like, my morning meditation has suffered a little bit. Um, but what I've been doing, cause like uh, when I take one of the girls to dance or whatever, there's a lot of time where I just sit, spent an hour sitting in the car rather than drive yeah, home or right. ride back or whatever. And what I've been doing is just not looking at my phone. You just been staring at the windshield kind of creeping, <laughs> creeping. Um, no, what I'm doing is just like, Oh, look, I'll check my email and I'll look at Facebook for a minute or whatever. Check yeah. Reddit. But then I can feel this. I can, I can, I can feel it. Like, okay, now you're just scrolling out of habit, yeah. right? Yeah. And yep. then when that, it's either double down on that, or put it down. Yeah. So I just put it down and close my eyes. Wow. And breathe. I was just gonna tell and that's you. That's been really great. Like that's, I feel <laughs> in control. You yeah. know. Yeah. Rather than just the endless, like, well, like our old friend Jamie used to say, make me feel better. Make me feel better. Make me feel better. Make me feel better. Yeah. Uh, the scrolling is a real, it, it, I have noticed, especially with one of the, one of the apps that I have, TikTok, I'll just say it. In the TikTok's span, so bad. I know, I know. I didn't want to say TikTok because I knew you're going to go off. It's so bad. I'm not going off. I'm just stating privacy wise. It's awful. It's um, what it's doing. What it's doing to my mental. It's like in the span of, let's say five minutes on TikTok, I will scroll from, I, I follow this one account that puts um, a really cool camera and microphone on his cat while it runs around the yard. And it's great. I get to watch <laughs> this watch cat that. play with other cats, climb uh -huh. trees, growl, yeah. meow, Cat cackle life. at yeah, birds. It's great. It's great. Uh -huh. And then the next thing is like, school shooting and blah, blah, blah. And then the next thing is like 
somebody roller skating in a in a dilapidated mall and then the next thing is you know somebody playing zelda live on twitch your attention span is nothing and i'm going from one my 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 brain doesn't our brains did not evolve to take in that amount that variety of stimuli that's then that's why put it like taking the physical act of putting my phone down and closing my eyes that's what i'm talking about it's yeah. like reclaiming humanity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By doing nothing. Yes. By choosing by, boredom. By not consuming. Ah. Mm-hmm. In the hopes get, you of don't getting get my eyes, man. Chinese kinda, government TikTok. You're not getting whatever. my eyes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, and it's really I mean, anymore, I've decided, like, the sexiest thing ever is somebody not staring at their phone. <laughs> well, In I'm, a manner of I, speaking. You know I what I'm am saying? not sexy. I am, I am guilty as charged. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, I, I am, yeah, I've talked about it before, but yeah, it's, 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 I know that it has rewired my brain. Mm-hmm. And no wonder I'm sitting here thinking about, how the world is a chaotic state all the time. I mean, yes, it is. But at the same time, like when I'm inviting the chaos into my own eyeballs, we are traffic. Right. Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about that a lot. Mm. Mm -hmm. That notion of, well, how do you know that that person's always complaining about this? Yeah. Oh, right. Cause you're there listening to, I'm in it. I'm consuming it. I'm part Mm -hmm. of it. Right. And so that's, I mean, that's, I, I really literally think that at this point in where we are in society or whatever, literally just not staring at your phone is a, is an act of rebellion. It's <laughs> all it takes folks. Right. Just don't stare at your phone. <laughs> just strike a blow to the empire. <laughs> oh yeah. I I'd love to see the, the, I'd love to see the, uh, the New York stock exchange ticker. If we all just all of us globally decided to not look at any social media app for one day. Well, that's there, there's a global blackout day. There is. Uh huh. Yeah. What is it? It's uh like a all social, like shut off all social media for one day. Yeah. It's uh uh oh. Did I wait, miss no, it? Never mind. I was, I was searching global blackout and start to talk about solar flares. Like, uh, <laughs> well, that's yeah, I, I'll miss it. I'll be staring at my phone, right? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, blackout <clears> day. <throat> Here we go. Oh, whatever, you can look it up. Um, I want to oh, know. Wait, no, this is never mind. That's a whole other thing. Gosh, the internet, man. I'm telling you, you just went down a rabbit hole. Yeah, it's not good. Anyway. Yeah, you're right, though. Like, not consuming for fucking 30 minutes it's a major and you think about like back in the day like i remember having this distinct realization waiting in line at the bank or something mm. it's like wouldn't it be nice to have something to distract myself with well yeah but like when i was scrolling through waiting in line at the bank i was and this was like the onset of smartphones or whatever i was like there was a time where i just stand here right <laughs> I just yeah. stood here and mm-hmm. waited my turn instead of, mm-hmm. you know, I, I did notice that like, well, I get to class early and students come in early. I don't know if you've ever, you probably have never seen this, but what, what, what my college students do 
is they will stare at their phones until class starts. Nobody's oh, talking to one. Nobody's, nobody's talking, talking to one another. Right. There's like yeah, 15 that's... people in there. Yep. But I'm sitting at the front of the class checking my email, pretending to look like I'm busy. Yeah. Well, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine and everything sucks. What is what Kirsten always says, everything is screwed up and everybody's fine. It's like, I don't know. It's all too much and it's never enough. It's all too much and it's never enough. Right. That's the name of the podcast today. <sighs> no, it's not going to be it. <laughs> I got a good one. We'll we'll decide when we re- stop recording. Fine. Hey, everybody. Uh, follow us on Instagram. At trying to be better podcast and email us at ttbbpodcast at gmail.com and please like and follow, follow our so sub- yeah and subscribe on the things the pod things review us <laughs> lambast us any press is good press did we get any emails since last time no <laughs> i really thought my i really thought my our conversation was going to be super controversial but it i don't think anybody pay i don't think i don't think anybody listens <laughs> Are we talking into the void, Steve? Pretty much all the time, actually, it seems like. I know my mom's listening. Yeah, I know my mom's listening, too. So this is just for our moms, and that's okay. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Mom. To bring it full circle, my mom loved when Dave Letterman would bring his mom. Remember when he would bring his mom on the the show? She just smiled. It was so nice. The best. She was like the nicest (laughs) That, that was, was the so, best. That was those were some of the best moments on television ever. Ever. Because <laughs> he wanted to be Dave Letterman, but he knew his mom was sitting he was right watching, there. So he's like, his had this tension of like fuck with her, but he couldn't because it was right? his mom. Yeah. <laughs> you know who else does that? I listen because I have a subscription to Sirius XM Radio. Um, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine and Audio Slave, uh-huh. Tom Morello. He has this show um on lithium the 90s grunge yeah, yeah. you know the grunge tip. He, he he records it in his mom's house or his mom lives with him one of the two and he'll just have her on and just talk to her oh really yeah and it's like he's playing like all this like 90s rock and all this you know transgressive rock and roll so he finds whatever but then he brings his mom on and it reminds me of dave letterman <laughs> uh, it's just to kind of bring it sort of full circle that fi- the history of rock and roll podcast and 500 songs he starts it off with this sentence rock and roll is dead and And i'm like sorry what but then he says well think about it what's today's popular music how much of it like that's on the radio or pop is played with guitars and like acoustic drums yeah rock's dead it has been since like the year 2000 basically Mm -hmm. i mean there's been some whatever quote rock music made in the aughts and you know mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. let's face it it's it's a little commercialized mm-hmm. and i mean and the, he, he i mean he's obviously making a generalization but it's kind of you know just to like get your attention a little bit because yeah. Yeah, i yeah. mean there's tons of indie bands out there and playing please don't flame me hell email us do me a favor yeah everybody email steve at ttpd yeah, tell us all about the new rock the, and roll the, that's the, the, the alive and well. Dead and it's alive and well. Rock and roll will never die. Rock and roll ain't noise pollution. But it was just rock and was, roll is here to stay. That's right. Now I have Sean on my head. Cool. <laughs> um, 
why not? Anyway, um, I was just that was like, oh, well, that's an interesting way to start a, a 500 episode long podcast on the history of rock and roll by saying this is archaic and doesn't exist anymore. But let's yeah. have a podcast about it. Well, it's kind of in the title, too. Like, this is the history. Right. This is all yeah. history, baby. But anyway, I can't I can't recommend that podcast enough if you're into the rock and roll, because it really is fascinating and very well done. Um, and I've decided that most rock stars just annoy me and I don't like them very much, mm. which is weird. There are some exceptions, but like listening to the, I, 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 well, I started kind of at the top and there's one on the Jefferson airplane mm. and I'm like, with the exception of Yorma and Jack Cassidy, they all suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hot take, Steve. Yeah. I mean, Yorma Kalkinen and Jack Cassidy, they're the real deal. Hot tuna. Love me some tuna, man. But like the other, we built this city. We built this. I mean, oh, shut up. We, I used to, I used to do a parody of that. I was trying to be my own weird owl and I, uh, (laughs) I would sing, uh, we built this city on a toilet bowl. I thought it was the funniest fucking shit I'd ever. I, I thought nobody was going to top that comedy when that shit oh came out. Oh my gosh. I love Weird Al. Built this city on a toilet, toilet bowl. bowl. Oh. We got to get the band back together. Hey, hey, we Steve and I used to have a band. We'll have to talk about that next time. But Wall of Forever, have, baby. Wall of Forever. And I'm going to keep on fucking you because it's the only thing I want to. Uh-oh, it's walk time. Yeah, I'm going to keep barking. on walking you. <laughs> You're gonna keep I don't want to sleep. Me. I just want to keep on walking you. <laughs> For those of you that can't hear because of my mic, uh, the dog is barking at me insistently. Yeah, 22 pounds of smushy-faced fury. Yeah, you're five minutes late for the walk, man. Yeah, I am. Puggo. Let's see if we can get a picture of this. Maybe we can put, use her for the... Maybe we can use her for the cover art. Uh-oh. Give us, give us a look. <laughs> okay, there we go. All right, well, did we do it? Uh, we did something. We did something. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Fine. Fine. All right. Well, I'm glad we got together on this Wednesday night. I, I am too. And thanks everybody for, you know, bearing with us. Uh, send, thanks for listening. If you want us to be more regular, send some money to our non-existent Patreon. Somehow, somehow, uh, Venmo me. Yeah. I don't Venmo know how Joel. you're going to do Venmo yeah. me. Yeah. Hit him up. Joel, Joel Dash Egger. That's really my handle. Joel so Dash if you want to Venmo, Venmo. Me. there you go. Daddy Baby needs a new microphone. Yeah.
să-ți spun ce simt acum Alo, iubirea mea, sunt eu fericirea Alo, alo, sunt iarăși eu Picasso, ți-am dat bit și sunt voinic Dar să știi, nu-ți cer nimic Vrei să pleci, dar numai, numai ei Numai, numai ei, numai, numai, numai ei Chipul tău și dragostea din tei Mi-amintesc de ochii tăi ei Vrei să pleci, dar numai, numai ei Numai, numai ei, numai, numai, numai ei Chipul tău și dragostea din tei Mi-amintesc de ochii tăi ei Mai ahi, mai ahu Don't forget, toot your hooter.